Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. The very first word is our. Not I, me, mine, or myself. Our. When the disciples heard Jesus pray, one of them stepped forward and said, Lord, teach us to pray. That unnamed disciple did not say, teach me, but teach us. And the Lord responded in kind with the abbreviated form of the Lord's Prayer or the Believer's Prayer that would be amplified in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said that we should start prayer with the word, our. Let that opening word resonate in our spirits, our. There is a plurality in prayer that we so often overlook. We view prayer largely as a private act of personal discipline, not so much as a united attempt with brothers and sisters to reach out and commune with our Father, which art in heaven. Hello, my name is Ken Gurley. This is Daily Devotion, and I'm so excited that you're here with us today. And I get to talk about one of my favorite subjects all week long, and that is the power of prayer. And today, I want to talk about the power of that first word, the power of our. I can almost sense you shaking your heads and asking, oh, prayer meetings? What's the big deal? Carefully, prayerfully, I would say, the gathering with believers to pray is probably a bigger idea than any of us can ever imagine or conceive. It's perhaps a fundamental difference between Western and Eastern cultures. Without overstating it, I think we can make this generalization that the West looks at things through the lens of the individual, while the East looks at things through the lens of community. It's also true in prayer. Gene Getz wrote, The hallmark of Western civilization has been rugged individualism. Because of our philosophy of life, we are used to the personal pronouns I and my and me. We have not been taught to think in terms of we and our and us. Consequently, we individualize many references to corporate experience in the New Testament, thus often emphasizing personal prayer at the expense of corporate prayer. Now, to a certain extents, flesh is flesh. We tend to look out for number one. But the lens through which Westerners look at the world has been nearly exclusively through that of self, individualism, and not others. I believe the Bible suggests the importance of gathering together in united worship and in prayer. We are incomplete on our own. We are better together. Fifty-nine times the phrase one another is used in the New Testament. The word saint in its solitary form is found only once in the New Testament. That's Philippians 4.21. But saints, plural, is found 61 times because the idea of a remote saint, some recluse high in the Himalayas, is foreign to apostolic thought. Our faith is best practiced in solidarity, not in singularity. We look at verses on prayer and we perceive these speaking to the individual and not to the community. Is it too much to think that perhaps some of the verses have both private and public 
application that God may be speaking to you about you and speaking to you about having people that you pray with. Consider this. There are 37 major verses where Jesus encourages us to pray. In the overwhelming majority of those verses, Jesus used pronouns in the Greek indicating that he spoke in a collective or a plural sense. This is a great Southern phrase, you all. So like when you pray, it's when you all pray. In three of the verses, Jesus used pronouns to indicate he spoke in an individual or personal sense, you. For example, let me take a few of the familiar verses we know about prayer and point out that they're not singular, they are plural. Ask, Matthew 7, 7, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. And we read that, and we think it's talking about me. But the word you there, in the original language, is in a plural sense, rendering it more aptly, you all. A more literal rendering would be, ask, and it will be given to you all. If you all will seek, then you shall all find. If you all knock, it shall be opened unto you all. Those who know the original language, they have an advantage over those who do not. When most of us read you, we think it means just me as an individual. Yet many times the Lord was saying, I'm talking to you and I'm talking through you to the people that you will bind together in prayer with. Here's another plain example of this found in the beautiful passage where Jesus said, again, I say to you, Matthew 18, 19, and 20, again, I say to you that if any two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father, which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. And again, the word you would be more appropriately rendered you all, meaning in a plural sense. The context there makes it clear that Jesus is referring to two or three people gathering in his name. He could have said if anyone asked, but he didn't. He wanted us to find the unity in prayer, the power of gathering together and praying. We've always talked about the hour of prayer, but I'm talking about the power of our, unifying in prayer. When we pray, I know he shows up, but when we pray together, there are some signal miracles of the Lord. Where the king is, there is power, power over the spirit of the age, power to change, power to be transformed. When we lock arms, we unlock his power. That's the power of our. I believe, I believe as never before in this day and in this hour, united prayer is God's will. We could go through the book of Acts here and establish the countless times that the early church gathered together to pray. It's really staggering. Acts 1, they prayed for the promise of the Father, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and for a replacement for Judas. Acts 2, they prayed. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon them. We also read that they continued in prayer later in that chapter. Acts 3, Peter and John are headed to a prayer meeting. Heal a man who could not walk. 
Acts 4, they gather again in the upper room to pray for courage, and the place was shaken. Acts 6, they pray over the choice of people to handle the distribution to the widows so the apostles can free themselves for what? For the word and for more prayer. It appears the apostles were instrumental in establishing a culture of united prayer in the early church. And it goes on and it goes on. But I think there are some beautiful pictures of united prayer in the Old and New Testament that focus on this two or three principle. What about Aaron and her? As they held up Moses' hands on the mountain overlooking the battle below? What about God's answering of Esther's intercession before the king? It was preceded, though, you remember, by united prayer and fasting. God answered Daniel as he and his three friends gathered together and called on the Lord for an interpretation of the king's dream? God answered. And how many sermons have we preached and heard about how Paul and Silas praised God in that Caesarean jail and the earthquake and the prison doors were open? But do you know Acts 16 says, just before they praised God, at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. They prayed first. When it looked the darkest, these two men discovered the power of our, of saying together, our Heavenly Father. Where did they get this? It was the example of our Lord Jesus Christ. Most of our Lord's private times of prayer occurred prior to pivotal events, the calling of the disciples. After choosing them, Jesus involved them in prayer. On Calvary's eve, Jesus beseeched his followers to watch and pray with him. After his resurrection, Jesus commanded his disciples to wait in Jerusalem for the outpouring of the Spirit. The church was born in the book of Acts. It contains numerous examples of united prayer because united prayer, the power of our, was a hallmark of the New Testament church. And it is a trademark of every revival and every awakening. God is calling you and me to united prayer. All prayer is good. United prayer is best. Private prayer is like praising God on the cymbals, but united prayer is like praising Him on high-sounding cymbals. God is calling us to make that joyful noise of united prayer once again, to allow our hearts and voices to be blended together with one accord. Such unity attracts the blessings of God and attracts His presence. Two times in His ministry, Jesus cleansed the temple. On both occasions, He stated His intent, My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer. I suspect if Jesus walked on this earth physically today, that He would bring every congregation, He would bring each and every one of us and every family back to the beauty and majesty of united prayer, that all people, all nations, all tongues could gather in awe of our great God. Can we see united prayer in our midst? Oh, not just praying to open and close a service, but where united prayer is the purpose of the meeting itself, to pray with one another, to gain strength from one another. 
United prayer is not an option. It's an ordinance of the early church. Jesus invites us to pray again, to go back to that upper room figuratively and seek his face once more. And don't come alone, but bring someone with you. It's an open invitation to all of us to come before his presence. Many congregations, many small groups, many classes have prayer meetings, but I suspect we would all say we don't see full participation. We don't see his house becoming the true house of prayer. We want it. Oh, yes, we want it. One of the great modern writers of prayer, Andrew Murray, said the measure of believing continued prayer will be the measure of the Spirit's working in the church. Direct, definite, determined prayer is what we need. To confront the spirit of the age, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. And that will come through believing and through continued prayer. The very first word of the Lord's Prayer or the believer's prayer is our. We need to rediscover the power of our to find our prayer partners once again, to find a group of people that we come together not to talk about, but to talk to and with God and to lift each other up and say, if one can put a thousand to flight to 10,000, there is power in our prayers. When we unite together in prayer, there are going to be kingdoms that will be shaped. Walls will begin to fall. In Jesus' name, I believe it. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. The book on prayer is Pastor Gurley's latest book, You can get your copy of this life-changing book at KenGurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.